Not a rocket ship. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What's Your F Advantage, a show that is brought to you by both Spotify and Anchor. I'm your host, Christopher Scott Rudder. I have with me today a special guest, a, a new author who has a great book going around and making all the rounds with Barnes and Noble and Amazon and eBay and Target Online and all, all these other great places that you could buy books at. Uh, this is Wendy Cock. And Wendy, tell everybody a little bit about your book, where they can find it, and then we'll get going. Yeah, well, um, I want to thank you for having me as a guest. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so my book is called A Gray Resort. It is a labor of love. Um, it came out summer of 2019. And it, this wasn't something that, you know, I just like spit out like in three months time. I spent years um, perfecting this book. It, um, it kind of stems from, I, okay, so I grew up in a small northern town in Wisconsin. So it's about four hours north of uh, Milwaukee. And my parents had a summer resort. Is this the, is this the Tomahawk area? Yeah, yes. I've been to Tomahawk. Okay, go ahead. Really? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, I lived in Madison for about five oh, years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my parents owned a resort up there and it was right along the lake and it was a great resort. It had, um, well, it has eight cabins, a pool right along the lake. And, you know, I didn't realize back then how good I had it. I had it pretty good. Um, so, you know, people would come primarily in the summertime. You know, we would have hunters come in the fall uh, and stay. But it was just a great little place. And uh, what my parents did is on Saturdays, it was called changeover day. So the people that had stayed for a week would, you know, pack up and leave, go back home, and then we'd get new tenants in. And they usually stayed for a week, sometimes two weeks. And my parents would have these parties, okay, and picnics, I should say. And so at the end of the, you know, like on Saturday afternoon, my mom would go around to each cabin and say, hey, you know, we're going to have a get together, a picnic. Would you like to come, you know, bring a dish to pass or, you know, go to the store and pick up a bag of chips, whatever. And we would love to have you and everyone would come. And then people from in town would realize, or, you know, they would, you know, they would hear, Oh, you know, they're going to have a, one of their parties again, they would come in. We'd have a bunch of neighbors come. So before you know it, we had these, this like crowd of people and, you know, my dad would be the grill master. He'd be at the grill, you know, making corn on the cob, grilling chicken, whatever it was. And sometimes people would come if they were, oh, I don't know, if they needed a meal or whatnot. And that was perfectly fine. And we never ran out of food. And it was just, awesome. yeah. And it was just very fun atmosphere. I mean, I remember as a young, um, you know, as an adolescent, and just like bumping into people I didn't know, but it was just, I just, you know, the energy of it was just so great. And then afterwards my dad would get out his guitar and he would start singing and playing his guitar. And it was just a very fun time. So that's very, that's very cool. So it, it, what your the, the premise of the book and everything, of course, is, you know, uh, the time of childhood and everything that we all don't realize how good we had it at that point in time, which is uh, a moment of angst for all of us as we get older. I know, um, I know. 
<laughs> but uh, uh, do, is there any collection of stories in there revolving around like the stories of some of these travelers or some of the people that stayed? Did you meet anybody who later on oh, yeah. became a name oh, yeah. or okay. something or people with super interesting stories? Oh, absolutely. So, okay, okay. what I did is I took what I new. Okay. So the book is actually fiction, but I, I used a lot of real life things that happened, um, occurrences that happened, um, different characters in my book that were very interesting, salty, you know, salt of the earth kind of people. Um, I used uh -huh. that in, in particular, there was a couple that, uh, lived right next to us. That is great. They're one of the main characters of the book. So there is another element to the book that I should say too, is there were some paranormal stuff that happened. So I kind of elaborated okay. on that. So the setting is, you know, small town, northern town in the 70s and 80s. You know, a girl goes, it starts out where a girl goes fishing one summer evening, and then she gets the shock of her life, and it kind of transpires from there. So um, there's okay. these different things. And basically, it's kind of like good versus evil. And as you kind of get through into the book, you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Some stuff actually did happen and some didn't. And when you read it, you know, it'll be obvious what is true and what's okay. not. I, I'm looking at some of the reviews here on, on Amazon and everything, and you're, you're, getting, you're getting good compliments as far as being a real page turner. Keeps your interest from beginning to end. It's not an overly long read. Yep. The author isn't urgent. Uh, you don't get super wordy. You're not trying to be Stephen King or anything like that. It's, it's directed right. to the point. The protagonist of the story seems to be part of the supernatural and the couple that a lot of the stories revolve yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, it kind of revolves around the main character, Brooke, and gotcha. um, her experiences and what she realizes is uh, the town isn't really what she thought it was, which um, I really, you know, my whole goal of the book was I first wanted to get it down on paper because I knew I had something special growing up and I knew I had something here. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned Stephen King because he's like one of my favorite writers. Of course. Um, Yep. And I wanted to have that element in, in the book, but I didn't, and, and there's romance. So I would kind of categorize it as like romance slash paranormal, but okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want it to be like the same old cheesy romance. Like, okay, you know, I've, I've read this before. No, I, I didn't want that. I wanted a interesting way of explaining and describing things, but not like ad nauseum where you just, you know, like people are like, okay, whatever. But I've had, you know, several people say I could not put this book down, which is super, I mean, that's the, yeah, that's the best thing you could hear. hear. Yeah. As an author, that's, I don't think it gets any better than that. And I want, and I've, I've gotten like different from different range of ages as well. So I've had like guys in their forties, fifties, like, you know, I really liked your book. Um, I picked it up cause I liked fishing <laughs> or, you know, it's like a fishing resort. I'm like, cool. And he goes, but I, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. I really liked it. And I've had, you know, all the way to like teenagers. I mean, I work at a high school, so the book, my book is at the high school there. And I've had a couple teenagers there that say, that is my favorite book ever. I loved your book. Please come out with a second book. So yeah, it's very exciting. And, um, I, uh, I also won an online award for it. Um, so which award was that? It was just, you know, American fiction awards, you know, there's a lot okay. of different online award things. Right. And I, I had forgotten that I entered and I did get like the best, um, it was called, I don't know, winner in the romance slash paranormal category. So that was okay. It was kind of, that's, that, that's very cool. And then getting that kind of feedback from kids at a school that you work at, um, whether going into it, they knew that it was a book that you had written or they didn't. Right. And then they come back to you with that kind of feedback. That's really cool. Whenever a kid latches on, you know, because reading is, is, um, reading an actual physical copy of a book is something that is not every day. Like it used to be whenever we were growing, or at least for me. Oh no. Yeah. All the time. And, yeah. um, you're talking about Stephen King being very, very influential for you. For, for me, um, I really in, enjoyed a lot of Stephen's books, but I, I went back a lot further and I really got into HP Lovecraft oh, and, okay. uh, of course, uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe and everything. Those, oh, those yeah. were the people that I, I really gravitated towards whenever you're dealing with any paranormal or horror types. Um, right. but, uh, to try to, 
to emulate somebody that you uh, really idolize or really look up to in, in this format and come across in a way that it's obviously not the copycat of how right. he writes, even, even though it, right. it was a, uh, uh, something that really inspired you to do the writing and having that idea swimming around in your head for such a long time and then finally putting it down on paper. You said this, this wasn't something that you did in a couple months. This is uh, more like oh. years in the work. And now you're creating a second book to come into yeah. the series. Are you finding that uh, putting the second book on paper is easier than the first go around? Well, you know, absolutely. I'd have to say, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's going on, obviously extremely hor you know, horrible, right? But mm -hmm. because of that, um, there's been a lot of things creatively and artistically, and I think we're going to see in the coming year or two some really cool stuff come out from artists, musicians, authors, because of this extra time that we've had to, um, you know, manifest and actually do what we've wanted to do. So because of the pandemic, I, I did work from home, but I did have a lot of extra time that I normally wouldn't have. And, um, you know, I had a good outline from the book and I had some, and I just kind of, you know, it, it, it was about a year. Um, so I have, okay. I have most of it done. Uh, and it's very exciting. I have all the, all the same characters coming back and I have a couple, um, new characters that I'm introducing, um, one based on a couple of them based on real people. And, um, there's a couple that, you know, just I'm imaginary, but, um, it's been very fun. And I always like, you know, I imagine what some of these characters might say. And I kind of like, I'm writing things down, you know, you get your, flashes of insight, creative insight, you know, throughout the day. So I'm always like keeping a journal near me wherever I am. I have one in my car, you know, you never know when uh, that might strike you like, oh, that would be a cool thing for the book or whatnot. So um, yeah, and I'm writing that down. So right now, as far as the book goes, um, I am through the part that I can't stand and that's, <laughs> it's massive editing and I, I hate it. Okay. So I love the creative writing process, right? I love, I love right. the first part. Of hey, everybody, it's Chris. Thanks for tuning in today to today's uh, episode. I hope everybody's really enjoying it. Got a quick message for you here. If you are in entertainment, if you're looking to be a model, if you're a writer, if you're a songwriter or an aspiring actor or actress, and uh, you've reached that point where you need a little help to get your name out there to a lot more people, I've got the best person for you to talk to. That's Steven Joyner. He's a publicist from Southern California. You can find him on Facebook at Stephen L. Joyner. And you can call him directly right now at 816-605-4561. That's 816-605-4561. Stephen L. Joyner's got hundreds of contacts, insiders in Hollywood, people who have appeared in feature films, directed feature films, produced in feature films, uh, album and copyright work, you name it. He's got somebody to put you in contact with if you're wanting to put your name out there. He's got a great name in entertainment and knows a lot of other people that are in entertainment as well. It's the best person you could call. 816-605-4561. Now back to the episode. It's just, you know, stream of consciousness, just going, you know, right. writing it down, whether it be on, I, I do both ways. I, you know, type it on my laptop, whatever, or I also handwrite it. And I love that process. It's great. And the first editing process, fine, but I hate going back over and over. And I, you, you have to, you know, you have to clean up your work. And, right. Um, and you feel like you're you're really doing just that fine minutia, that nitpicking of every little thing. Exactly. Where it, that's what takes away the joy of just, you know, lathering every word on, on the page and just having that stream of consciousness. Uh, I hate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't say I hate it, but it's like when I'm spending an hour or two on one chapter and one chapter could be, I don't know, 10 pages. You know, at some point you have to be like, OK, it's it's good enough to go to a professional editor now, I feel, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and arranging the chapters too. Um, 
because I'm introducing a bunch of different characters, I, I have to, mm -hmm. you know, right now try to figure out where they fit in the chapters and how it, you know, to make it flow nicely. You know, I just feel like as I try to put myself in the reader's position, if I were to read this book, how would I want this, you know, to play out? You know, what chapter should go next? What chapter would make them want to turn the page? And I I'm always like, have that in mind. Like how early are you bringing them in? Is it too early? Or are you giving away too much exactly. of the character too soon? And, and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's a very interesting part of writing that a lot of people overlook. If they enjoy reading, they don't really put themselves in the writer's position. And one of my favorite stories is going back to the time whenever Stephen King is at his height. He Just imagine the, the picture of him just overhead, that old school typewriter, just pounding yeah. away with Kleenexes stuffed in his nose. He's bleeding all over the place because he's doing cocaine and all of this other yeah. shit to, to go through the creative part of it. Nobody really knew that was going on until like 20 years later. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions for somebody to put out that much volume of work. Oh my God. You got to be doing something. Absolutely. You know, but, I, I, I'm like, but to hear these stories after the fact is just hilarious. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just amazed at how many books that man has written. It's like, I haven't read them all, but it's like, geez, what do you do? You must like eat, breathe, sleep, book, writing books. You don't do anything else. Right. <laughs> And uh, he was always in his own head and everything. And, and that that's something that if you're really close, if you're cutting the story really close to the bone, it's coming from your own experiences, then it's something exactly. that's always going to be swimming around in your head. And this is something that you experienced a lot of these people. You put some imagination into the backdrop of the uh, – for anybody that doesn't know the area that we're talking about, the Tomahawk area there in northern Wisconsin is – is uh, really, it's probably an overused statement, but it is truly God's country. It is so beautiful. That's what they call it. That's what they, that's what yeah. my dad and his friends always called it. I'd be out on the you know, boat with them. This is God's country. This is God's country. And have Paps Blue mm -hmm. Ribbon in the boat. PBRs, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and in uh, the resort areas that you're talking about, I don't know if, the, if uh, where I went in Tomahawk is anywhere close to what, uh, what you're where you grew up at, but I'm sure it's probably not that, not that distant, but um, it, it uh, just the beauty of it. And the fact that, you know, they had all of these hunters resorts, you had all of this wildlife and game. The fishing is just absolutely epic. There's yep. so many world record types of fish that are caught up there. There's so much world record types of hunting that's done up there absolutely. for anybody who's, um, you know, an outdoorsman or just wants to experience the outdoors and just have, and this is something that's kind of a bygone era, era. And for a lot of people listening who may not know what we're talking about, just kind of imagine that backdrop of what was going on in Dirty Dancing, that kind of resort. Exactly. It's it's that kind of a deal. Yes, right? it, exactly. And it's, and it's something you don't see. Um, there's obviously there's still areas like that in the country, but it's not commonplace like it was for I'm 50. So for whenever I was growing up. Those types of areas were all over the country. There was as many in southern Indiana, not maybe as many as there was in Wisconsin, because it's a different kind of beauty down there versus down here versus up there. Right. But those places were everywhere. Everybody had at least one one childhood summer where their family did something like that. Oh yeah, and they had like and... supper clubs on every you know corner. Everything was a supper mm -hmm. club, not a restaurant. Supper club. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, supper clubs were the big, big thing, especially, and, and there's still some alive and well there in Wisconsin, but it's totally a bygone thing here in this part of the country. Yeah. There's only one that I can think of off the top of my head, but just just there in Madison alone, there's five or six that are very well known, you know, the Tornado Room and, and all these other places. Okay. But, um, uh, but that, up there where you're talking about drawing off of these and you're able, so any of the sexual experiences that you're drawing from in, in the book or the paranormal, are these store, are these campfire stories you heard as a little girl or were there a couple of things that maybe you saw yourself? Um, I didn't really see anything, but it was something that was felt and there was something that was heard. So there was some strange noise. So we had the resort and we also, my parents also had a good amount of acreage, like, just woods right across the street. Mm -hmm. So um, there were some strange noises that could be heard across the street. I mean, strange, like we had people okay. from, uh, you know, that had stayed for a night or two and then they would come up to my mom, you know, mom, we had the main house and it was only about, I don't know, 50 feet away. And then we had eight cabins. And so they would come up to the house and say, Hey, you know, I heard the strangest thing the other night. What is that? And, you know, my mom would be like, oh, I don't know. You know, we have a lot of wildlife um, across the street. 
And, uh, you know, there, it's going to be, you, you, you might hear noises like that, but it's okay. It's, it's fine. And so, you know, I heard, I heard that my mom never heard it and she did hear it one time. Okay. So I heard it with my friends and it's, it was so strange. And my mom was out, you know, walking out to the mailbox and she goes, is that what you're talking about? I said, yes. And she said, that is strange. I said, that is okay. Yeah, fine. This uh -huh. is what we've been telling you about. And she goes, yeah, it is kind of strange. So there was sort of an eerie feeling that way. Um, we had a couple other different things. Now, my mom, this sounds strange, but she, she said that she saw a UFO as well in the same okay. area. So during that time, during that time, it was when um, my dad was in Vietnam. He's a Vietnam veteran. Okay. So um, this was in the 60s. And she, they, she, I don't know, wanted to go out and look at deer or whatever. So she got her car drove out to this field or whatever, and was just kind of wanting to look at deer. And I don't know. So she had her cat with her in the car and she saw this, I don't know, this light coming up over the highway. And she first thought it was a vehicle and well, it wasn't a vehicle. So it kind of, the light kind of came across into the field and, you know, it wasn't a light anymore. It was like a machine mm -hmm. and it, you know, and it looks like, you know, UFO had a weird light come up and she said right when it kind of landed in the hay in, in this big, huge field, which was probably about a mile away, but she could see it. And as soon as it landed, she got the heck out of there. Her cat had scratched up her ankles and legs trying to get out of the car and uh, she was scared. So she drove back to her mother-in-law's house and said, you know, I saw this, you know, thing. I don't know what it was. She, they got in the car, she went back to the, the place in the road and, you know, pointed it out where it was. And, you know, of course it was gone and she was really scared. So she called the police and, you know, just kind of explained what happened, what she saw. And a bunch of other people had called that evening as well. Like maybe 11 other people had called with similar, you know, saw something similar. So whatever that was, you know, she goes, it wasn't a helicopter. It wasn't a plane. It wasn't, she goes, it was very strange what she saw. And to this day, she, you know, claims that she saw it. She wasn't making it right. up. So yeah, it was right in this area where the resort is. So awesome. Awesome. And, and, uh, you know, it, looking back on, um, you know, just recently the, um, Pentagon, uh, released papers and, and redact and unredacted a lot of reports uh, confirming uh, what people refer to as UFOs or in the military their uh, FAAs. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so um, whenever people saw these things back in the '60s and '70s, uh, imagine never before having seen anything like a stealth bomber or um, right. you know anything like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's alien, but it's still an unidentified flying object. You don't know what the fuck you're looking at. Yeah. Right. Like the government could be <laughs> testing, you know, out a certain vehicle and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to say what it is. You know, they're just testing. Exactly. Out, you know, that could have been, yeah, it, but she, I don't know. She got a really, not a good feeling when she saw it and, you know, instinctively drove off. Like I would, I would not be. Yeah, of course. Around. Yeah. Anybody in their right mind would want to stick around and find out what happens next. Heck no. Um, so uh, a lot of those stories from, from back then, uh, there's a lot of ways to explain them away, but then there's a lot of stuff that is currently going on with our modern technology that cannot be explained away. So right. I think that you, you can't take all of those things just with the grain of salt and you can't laugh that it's a, you know, an old wives tale or whatever the case is, or right. uh, there's, definitely some credence that, that should be put into that, especially whenever the Pentagon releases papers during the middle of the pandemic saying that, yeah, this stuff's really been happening and we have no idea where these things come from. And then it's completely out of the news cycle within 24 hours. Oh yeah. It's a very, very convenient time for them to release that paperwork. Right. <laughs> well, everyone has like a short attention span. It doesn't grab you in like five seconds. They're onto the next bigger and better thing. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was, uh, whenever it came out, we did, I did a show on, um, uh, I, I did an episode on, on another show where we talked about it. And by the time the show had aired, it was literally already out of the news cycle. 
Oh. Like it wasn't being talked about and, and okay. everything whenever Pentagon released these papers. So, I mean, it's that much of a short attention span. That's why that's why I thought it was super convenient for them to do this during the middle of this pandemic right. and all this cultural appropriation that's going on and everything else. Right. Like it was a, a very diversionary way to release something that would in normal times scare the shit out of everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, now people, you know, I just think maybe they don't believe it or, you know, it's just it's too bad because um Sometimes you either, you know, things can be just exactly, uh, you know, change so much. I don't know. I just yeah, think and, I, and, no, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. But I, I feel like um, there are just some things that cannot be explained. They just can't be explained away. You just right. um, there's just some things out there that you just I don't know, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many stories of different things, different different creatures, different animals, different scientific objects and things like that that we have no explanation for. Yeah. And and maybe there doesn't need maybe we don't need a fucking explanation for everything. <laughs> Did anybody think about that? Like you don't need to know everything. That's right. Uh, maybe we're not supposed <laughs> to know everything either. I mean, I find all that stuff fascinating, like Bigfoot and all that. I'm not gonna go mm -hmm. and say, Oh, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. I mean, I'm just I'm kinda yeah, maybe it's possible. It's possible. Right. I, I, there's a, a woman that I talked to in one of the paranormal groups. I've talked to her a couple of times and she's coming on the show this year where she has actually moved geographically moved her location, but and not just moved in, into a new neighborhood in town. She's completely moved in different, into different parts of the country oh. and swears that she is being followed and haunted by Bigfoot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot wait to have her on the show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds uh, good. <laughs> but uh, oh my. I mean, she's lived in Massachusetts. She's lived in, um, in the, uh, 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 part of Oregon. That's part of the, um, part of the deep forest there. Okay. And she's also lived in some of the Southern. I mean, she's completely moved geographical locations wow. and the shit keeps happening to her. <laughs> so I <laughs> oh my God, does she have any pictures of it though? Does she have any? Pictures? Yes. <gasps> she does noticed. have a couple of pictures Oh, okay. and I'll share those with you whenever we're not on the air yeah. and to you on Facebook and, and give you a connection to her to follow. Oh, these. I would love that. Yeah. It's so interesting. This this woman is so vested into it. And obviously things are happening to her. Strange things are happening around her. Either she's really just plugged into yeah. always seeing this strangeness and, and associating it with, with the Bigfoot character or, or what. I don't know. Wow. But it, it's just, I mean, it's like a 20-year journey this woman's been wow. on where this thing keeps fucking following. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, there's an interesting story there. And you got to get behind it. That's... <laughs> Yeah. I guess I gotta tune into that. My goodness. Yeah. So um, now's the part of the show here. Uh, just one one last time here for everybody, and and we'll of course uh, plug everything at the end of the show. The name of the book is A Gray Resort. It's available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes and Nobles. You could buy it uh, digitally and on the shelves at Barnes and Nobles. It's also available uh, off of eBay, off of uh, Target.com, any of your major booksellers. Right now, it's currently priced at fourteen ninety nine. It's a paperback. It's a very good re read by all accounts. It's considered to be a, a good page turner. It really draws you in there's a lot of different interesting parts they're going to bring in a lot of different people it's not actually keyed into like a teen romance or a romance book or just paranormal it's a tie-in of all of these things that covers a, a huge swath of uh of people and geographical area that's very interesting with a great backdrop having that resort as a kid and drawing from those real life uh, encounters that you had with people and then associating them with the story. I think that's a great idea. And it sounds like a really awesome book. And um, wow, thank you so much. Thank you. No problem. Um, no problem. So uh, again, it's a great resort, right? Yep. And also if they okay. want to just pick it up on Amazon, they can also just, they could Google or um, on Amazon, you can just put my author name, Wendy, and then Coke, K-O-K, and the, everything mm -hmm. will come right up. I have an Amazon page there. And um, yeah, so either the title or my name, it'll, it should come right up. Thank you. Outstanding. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So uh, the next part here for all of the listeners, uh, uh, what, what we usually do is I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about what's trending in America right now in the streaming services. What. Hey everybody, this is Chris from What's Your and Binge. I just want to bring something to everybody's attention real quick. We have a new sponsor for the show, somebody we're really excited to have. She's going to be a new guest on tonight's episode. She's also going to be on next week's episode. Look for all the spots for her. 
this upcoming week on the, all the social media spots. Wendy is a new voice and a new novelist on the scene. Somebody who has a very powerful writing style. Somebody who has a very quick writing style. Somebody who cuts right to the meat of the matter and is able to bring a lot of subject to the surface. She's talking about new paranormal and romance all tied into one into a new novel series the first one in the series is called a gray resort it's available on amazon it's available in hard copy version at barnes and noble also uh, target.com you can find it on ebay and all of your biggest book sailors uh, in, in america i highly recommend this her reviews are fantastic She's a new part of the show, and we're super excited and super to have her, happy to have her on board. I hope everybody takes a chance and takes a look at these new paperbacks that she has out. The Gray Resort series, a gray resort as a novel. It's a must-read. Check it out. Watch what shows maybe not to watch. And uh, we're going to start off here with uh, the number 10 series, on uh, Netflix right now, the number 10 show in America is called Paradise PD. It's a new animation series in the vein of these adult animation series that have really trended here lately. Uh, shows like Big Mouth and Bob's Burgers and, and all of these other shows. This is another rendition of that. A more adult version of The Simpsons, a more drawn up version maybe of South Park without the kids. Yeah. It, it uh, has, has a lot of really cool characters in it. Uh, the um, uh, uh, the the way that they talk through it and, and everything, it's very fast paced. There's a lot of inside and tongue in cheek humor that once you've watched a couple episodes, you'll start picking up on it. They'll talk about something in episode five that was uh, mentioned in episode one and stuff starts tying together. The comedy is is very adult driven. Um, so it's it's not a show for the whole family. But if this is something late at night and you're just looking through the channels, I give I give this a recommendation. I rate it as I rate it a seven or what we call the Scotty Mays, just a little bit above average. And um, so sounds <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it is a really fun series to watch. It's a quick watch. All of the episodes are about 27 minutes in length. You can watch an entire series over the weekend if it draws you in that much or it's something that's not going to suck a lot of time away from you. And it's something yeah. entertaining to watch before you, know, you turn and in, tune into something more serious or go to bed you know we got so and, much uh, serious going on we we need the fun we do and laughter <laughs> yeah having having something that's just funny and doesn't really take a lot of brain power to follow along with and you could get a laugh out of it i'm all with about the way it. things are going right yeah you know it, it, how many masks do i have to wear today who do i know that's sick now you know whatever and then i can uh, turn on this stupid little show and get a couple yeah. laughs is, is all right you know absolutely um Number five in America right now is a show called Parker. It's uh, got Jason Statham and J-Lo in it. It's a show about a thief who has a very particular set of rules that he lives by. And the crew that he works on, works with on a bank robbery turns on him, attempts to kill him. And he turns to the uh, last person you would, you would expect, which ends up being J-Lo, to get his revenge. It's a very fast-paced movie, as you would expect from a Jason Statham vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of good dialogue. It shows J-Lo in a lot of good light, which you would expect from her. She's one of the best smoke shows of all time. <laughs> yep. So you, yep. <laughs> you definitely get to see her in that light. And you get to see some action. And you get to see the usual Jason Statham, real, real high-octane combat scenes and uh, some vehicle uh, scenes as well. It's a, it's a, it's a made-for-Netflix movie. Okay. And it's really well-produced. And it's trending quickly. It appeared at uh, number 10 last week. And it's already up to number five now so in this short news cycle that we all live in it's trending up and, and still after one week which means here in the next couple weeks it'll start trending off the list but it's moved up very quickly very fast nice. so it's definitely worth a watch i give this a seven as well it's uh produced very well the dialogue is a little sketchy in some places jason and j-lo both aren't ex uh, the best actors of all time, even though J-Lo did win an Oscar. But um, yeah, I like her in uh, Selena. It, she was good in that. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that that movie was made for her to win an Oscar. It came out at the right oh, time. Yeah. It came. It, it was the perfect vehicle for her to really shoot her star over the top. Yeah. And uh, it, it launched a, a whole nother part of her career that uh, uh, probably gave her the extra 20 years of longevity that she's had in, so. in the social spotlight. Yeah. Number four on Netflix uh, this week is a new show called Mortgage or Marriage. Okay. <laughs> so 
this show is going to appeal to a very particular segment of the viewing audience out there, and that's fine. I give this show a fucking dumpster juice rating. <laughs> it is uh, the <laughs> the title is, is exactly what you would expect. Two strangers meet. They meet in a house. Their opportunity or their option is to take this house forever to mortgage it and buy it and move in or to take each other oh, to for forever. And so this is like 90 day fiance meets the yeah. bachelor meets, uh, you know, uh, love it or list it. And it's, 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 it's so overdone and it's such a mishmash of so many other premises that of shows that have been popular and have done well. Right. But the fact that it's already number four, it just came out last Friday. That means the segment that it is, made for is immediately tuned in and can't fucking let it go. That's great. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but this is oh. uh, a never ending parade of human debris at its finest, I think. <laughs> um. <laughs> I like that. I gotta write that line down. A never ending parade. <laughs> I like that. It's uh it it it's got some it's got some interesting couple matches going on. Of course, every every male and female are model worthy. Okay. Uh so so you got some eye candy going on there if you're tuning in for that part. The show right. the houses they show are just incredible houses. <laughs> it's like, how could you fucking turn down this house? But I understand why you'd want to stay with her forever. So I, I mean know. it's it's real simple brain candy. It's right. a simple formula, but it's been done so many times. I just don't see why so many people are tuning into it other than the fact that they're addicted to this kind of Yeah. Show. I mean just the title alone does not make me want to watch it. And I over <laughs> and over. No, no thanks. But yeah, the title really gives it away and then it, it really feeds into what you expect as soon as you see the opening credits of the first first show it's like oh crap here we go with this shit again so <laughs> uh, um <laughs> moving on here to number three in in america right now is a very interesting documentary uh or at least what i find interesting right now it's called last chance you it's about a team of basketball players at a division three college and these are all kids who have faced academic suspension. They've dealt with trouble on the streets. They've been kicked out of the school. Okay. They've had to, they've come from uh, single family homes that have gone that are really, really bad. And, and they're just in a, this is it, just as the title suggests, this is their last chance to be able to make something of themselves to, okay. to play their last game of basketball, play their last season of basketball in an organized way and play it at, at a, at least a, um, a division level of college that they can possibly get some pro scout oh, nice. uh, looks. Yeah. And so there, there's actually a couple players on the, on the team who do have the skills maybe to have the aspirations to at least maybe get into the D league or play European ball. Sure. None of them are NBA caliber players, but you get to hear a lot of really great stories of redemption from each one of these kids. The average college team has 11 to 13 players. This has 15 players and all of them have a story that um, if you're, if you're going to, if you're someone who cries easily at a real bad luck story, you're going to hear fucking 15 of them. I promise you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it, 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 it's a, it's a real attention grabber, I think. And if you uh, go ahead and overlook what the end of the story has to be, where the kids all finished school and they did, they did redeem themselves or they did overcome these horrendous obstacles yeah. that no kid should have to go through. It's a really, really good story. They put it together really well. The editing, isn't confusing it's not just blocky where they're following the game right. and then a kid's backstory and then the coach yelling at them it's really good uh really well put together yeah. it's made by netflix and i i give this an eight oh, i think okay. it's a, a good watch and um it's uh some of the some of the episodes are about 48 minutes some of them are only 35 so there's not a huge time investment and but you will get drawn in from the first episode yeah it sounds good like uh, a very good like uplifting sort of thing and we need a lot of that now we really really yeah. really do some stories of redemption with kids who haven't finished any particular journey in their life. They're not even to adulthood, adulthood yeah. yet. You're dealing with 19, 20 year old boys yeah. who have gone through just a ridiculous amount of shit. And right. it's a, a collection of them put together, not just one kid on the team. The whole team is made up of these stories and, yeah. and it's a uh, really, really, really cool. And um, the last one I'm going to go with here is a, is a new family movie that has come out. Uh, it's called Yesterday. 
So all of us who have been uh, parents, we all know the repeating soundtrack that we all have to go on with our kids is, no, you can't do that. You know, why do you have your head in the toilet? All of this other <laughs> shit that we all say as parents. But the idea of it is, is it's a uh, teen, teen based movie. It's a family movie, obviously it has Jennifer Gardner in it. And the kids come at uh, the parents who are always telling them, no, everything is no, 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 no matter what they want to do. Ice cream for breakfast. No, you can't fucking do that. Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, all this yeah. shit. So the kids come up with this idea that, you know, show us that you can be fun and we're going to have a day where the only thing you can say is yes. And then you go, you go through all of the usual family stuff where, you know, the family comes together and mom and dad are fun. And then there's the middle of the day obstacle where it's like, oh, maybe we've gone too far with this. And then, then they come back around. There's, uh, there's laughs in every scene. It doesn't matter if you're an adult, if you're a grumpy old bastard like me, or if you're, if you're a kid, you're going <laughs> to, there's a lot of stuff in there for you to be able to see and enjoy. It's a great family movie. It's trending number one right now. It just came out Friday. So it's only been out for a day and it's already oh, number nice. one. So everybody's plugging in. Sounds like it. an interesting and, premise. Uh, Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 nothing new. Right. It's nothing special or anything like that. But the way they go about it, the way it's shot, the way it's filmed, the dialogue in it and everything okay. really runs together well. These uh, these uh, kids that they have acting in it, you've got a teenage girl, you've got a couple pre-adolescent kids in there as well. So like an eight and 11 year old, they all work together really well as a troop. The mom and dad, Jennifer Garner and, and her spouse, they play well off okay. of each other. It's a it's a it's a made for Netflix movie as well. And I uh, usually don't give movies like this a very high rating because they're so predictable but it's it's very entertaining to watch so i give this a seven oh, okay. and a half so i, I recommend this all as right well. i'll check it out yeah definitely definitely and uh for anybody out there uh whenever the show comes out tomorrow obviously i'll have all of these shows listed where you can find them at what streaming service they're currently available on and then i'll have a few others in the write-up as well and my recommendations on those so um wendy are you ready to play what your f yeah i can do that Okay. All right. So everybody who's been listening um, all this time, you already know what's about ready to happen. I have to guess what show it is that Wendy, Wendy oh, is gosh. currently watching. I don't watch a lot of shows, <laughs> but I have one in mind. And my friends know this about me. I, I love, love this show. Okay. That's our cuckoo clock that's just going off right now. So. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let it go cuckoo. It's the top of the hour. That's oh, okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, so, um, we'll go ahead and, and start this off here, uh, we kind of ease into it and, and then I kind of get uh, a little bit heavier with what kind of clues I'm looking for if I'm not able to guess it. So is this a comedy romance or drama? Uh, drama. Drama. Okay. And is it a modern day setting or is it a period? Piece? Modern day. Modern. Okay. And does this. Is the main focus of this uh, series, is it about a person in particular, like a woman or a man, or is it about a family dynamic, like a business family. or it's family yep. setting? Okay. So it, it rotate, it, it basically focuses on the one family as everything yep. goes. Okay. And is the, is the family dynamic, is it based on a business or just the fact that the family is always together, you know, like a Dallas kind of setting, or is it, is it more of a, like a business? It location? is absolutely based on the patriarch. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. And is the patriarch male or female? Male, male of course. Okay. I, and, no. uh, that's, that's the definition of the fucking word, Chris. All right, cool. Oh God, uh, God. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Okay, so so it is it is based around the uh, the head honcho in charge, and it is drama, and it is modern, and it is based on a family. So, is the business that the family is heavily involved in is it is it tech, uh, is it production or manufacturing or the in the entertainment business? It's none of those. No, nope. none of those. Is it set on a ranch? Yes. Is this Yellowstone? Absolutely. <laughs> I <laughs> love that show so much. It is fantastic. I think this is probably the best thing oh, Kevin Costner could have God. been uh, uh, cast for. It's a series that, of course, he's one of the producers and the executive yep. producers, and he's written some of the shows. So obviously it's a series made for him, but it is the best setting he could possibly oh. be. And I actually rated, rated this uh, last okay. year as the number three series available uh last year in its second season the new season just uh, the third season just came out 
uh, this past fall. And uh, it's, it's not only is it watchable from the very first episode, it's rewatchable. As soon as you get done with the third season, you could go back to the beginning and watch it again. It's that, oh, that watchable. I've done it. Me. I've done it over and over again. I mean, I just can't believe how good it is. I love the writing. I love um, the charisma between the actors. And I'm not even sure about this, but the other guy, Rip, I don't know if he's a, uh-huh. like a professional actor or if he, he just came on the scene, but my he is a okay. professional actor. His IMDb credits are a lot more extensive than oh, people okay. think. Okay, yes. so, you know, the, the dynamic between him, you know, and Kevin Costner's character and um, Beth, of course. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. And Beth is, uh, she's, uh, she has truly, truly come into her own since uh, first appearing in the Sherlock Holmes movie alongside Robert Downey yes. Jr. Uh, and, then, and then also her role in Peaky Blinders. Uh, uh, she is... And, and of course, she's just a, a raving beauty. She's an yeah, incredibly she's beautiful woman. She but really her, her, her chops are just fantastic. The way that she's able to go from a uh, comedy historic piece to an actual historic drama yeah. and then coming into something like this that is more modern day, but she's also playing a throwback character, the frontier yeah. woman who's also trying to take on the um, uh, being like her, being like her father, having to hold up to him. And then you have the, the family, uh, uh, the failure of the family who ends up being adopted yeah. and is uh, uh, it, there's just so much family friction and dynamics going on here. And, and with the, uh, the backdrop of, of the Montana skies and everything, it's beautifully it really set. And uh, uh, all of the stuff that they put together, the actors, the ensemble of characters that they put together, the, uh, the ensemble cast they put together from one episode to the next. Obviously, you have the main four or five people who you see in every episode, but everybody they bring in and so out. Good. They are um, so good. Yes. And it moves so fast and the dialogue is, is spot on. And uh, every every episode drives you to the next, not in a cliffhanger right, right, right. style of show. But it, it definitely every 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 episode drives it, the plot instead of there being a lot of series have like a stale episode where it's like, OK, we're just kind of meshing some shit out right. to figure out what we do in the next, you know. But this there's one, there's awesome always something that's driving um, along. I just remember um, she has the best. Beth has the best lines. I'm like, oh, you are so lucky to be able to act those lines. I mean, it's so great. I remember yes. her. Yeah, she's harder than a coffin now in every scene, in every scene that she's in. <laughs> she is like, I would not want to mess with this uh, person. Um, I remember her uh, in the movie Flight. I don't know if you've seen that with Denzel uh-huh. Washington. Yeah. And I thought, oh. Yeah, yeah that was a great Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. She's yes. like, oh, she's uh, got something special there. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that really showed her dynamic range as well, along with these other historical pieces that she has done where, you know, here she is playing the junkie yep. and uh, play, playing it well, playing it in a believable uh, sort of way and playing and, and playing so many scenes with Denzel playing yeah. off of him. Um, that's uh, that has to be just not only scary, but exhilarating. And that and that's what has put her into. I mean, she's a, she's a first choice actress now where she gets to choose her yeah. scripts. The scripts Absolutely. don't choose her. She's become that kind of actress, and, and uh, that's yeah. awesome. And the fact that she's not afraid to do both TV and the big screen no. and do both of them I love flawlessly. That. There's no drop-off. It means yeah. she's a cool person. She's yeah. a cool cucumber. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Well, great choice. That's awesome. And I'm uh, I'm sorry we weren't able to stretch that any, out anymore. No, uh, you're but, good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you hit on one of my favorite current series for sure, and um, uh, I, I highly, highly recommend. As far as a current running series, I give I give Yellowstone a ten out Absolutely. of ten. I highly, highly recommend. I don't even know if I can wait till June yeah. when the new series comes out. Come on! <laughs> yeah, I might have to rewatch season three now that we've talked about it. I might have to rewatch the last yeah. one here. But I love how Rip is really coming to his own with this last with the last season oh, yeah. and the and the way you know the way Costner has publicly accepted yeah. him in that in that father son role that has always been in the background of right. the relationship and and uh, the way Rip uh, emotionally reacts to being accepted right. that way it's like oh yeah that's 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 really funny. it is cool. I, I love how he reacts to Beth's character you know he could be in the, the worst of moods and then he sees her and he literally kind of like lights up I like that that's hard to play on screen yeah. and, um, I think he does it very well 
yeah, he does it really well. Or maybe there's something going on we don't know about. Maybe they've uh, encountered some real life uh, opportunities <laughs> going on there, which does Absolutely. happen in Hollywood, yeah. you know. And I'm not, I'm not mad at him, and I'm sure most of the women are not Absolutely mad at her. Absolutely not. So, uh, <laughs> <It> hurts, you know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I. It, Thanks for coming on, Wendy. It's been yeah. a blast. One more time, let's go ahead and drop everything for the for the book and, and what to look for for the new book that's coming out this yeah, fall. Yeah, so right? um, A Gray Resort, uh, my book by Wendy Koch, K-O-K. Just, uh, you can look me up on Amazon, um, on Instagram. My uh, Instagram is Wendy, K-O-K, and the number four. And uh, I also have a Facebook author page. It's Wendy M. Koch Author. You can find me on there. I also have a website, wendymkochauthor.com. And I didn't even get a chance to talk about the podcast that um, I'm on. Yeah. 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 So that's called a juicy pair podcast.com. That has been a blast. Uh, My co-host Sean and I started it back in November and uh, we're just having a great time. We talk about anything and everything, you know, interpersonal relationships, uh, obstacles that people might've encountered and uh, rose above it. We have uh, pop culture on. I love, uh, you know, talking with artists, authors, musicians, you know, um, psychics. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking to a ghost hunter. So basically anything sort of cool and fun. And uh, we're just having a great time. So ajuicypairpodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, Pandora, uh, Google Play. You could could just go to ajuicypairpodcast.com and right from your phone, listen to our episodes. So... That's awesome. And you guys are available on iTunes yes. and Spotify yep. as well. Yep. Outstanding. Alexa. Good deal. Good yeah. deal. So, um, <laughs> so um, I'll make sure that we include the tag for that. So that way anybody can just push a button and go straight Absolutely. to your pages. And uh, whenever the show comes out tomorrow night, we'll include uh, the tag to the book Thank there for you. Amazon and, and everywhere else that you yeah. can purchase oh, my it. Second, yeah, my and second everybody... book is coming out. Sorry. But yeah, they're coming out this fall. Yeah. I'm not sure of the title yet, but uh, it might have gray in the title somewhere. But yeah, it's coming out in the fall. I'm so excited to have it come out. And yeah, stay tuned. Outstanding. And Wendy, congratulations for being able to put all of these childhood stories and all of these thoughts and everything together and being able to put it down on paper. I know the first book was a long journey. The second book seems to be coming together easier for you. Maybe not easier, but maybe a little bit more fluently now that you've done it. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully it leads to more and better things where where this becomes a series for you. I love that so much. uh, Um, that's that's whenever you get those opportunities to get your stuff put on TV or that's on what screen, I'm hoping you know? for. You know, uh, so that's um, great. keeping my fingers crossed on that. And Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Um, I've really enjoyed being on your show, and thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. It's been very fun. Of course, yeah. Good deal. Glad you liked it. All right. Uh, so everybody, until next time. Obviously, you can catch us everywhere that you know about. We're always on Spotify first. We're always on iTunes. We're always on Google Cast. We're always on uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, and everywhere else you can find quality podcast at. Uh, keep listening, and until next time, don't get any on you. Have a <laughs> good one. Bye. 